Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. No matter what happens in the economy, people need a place to live. And we focus on kind of value-add, class B, you know, um, which is often called the Goldilocks class. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Dr. Pranay Parikh, and he is not only a doctor, serial entrepreneur, he's created an online course, he's a podcast host, he's doing all these different things. Oh, by the way, he's purchased over $1.1 billion in real estate and really lives out his mission to help physicians invest in real estate and more specifically launch 10,000 physician-led businesses. So, Brene, thank you for being here today. Really excited to, to hear your story and what you've got to share with us. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. So let's start at the top. You know, tell us you've got an interesting journey from medical professional into real estate. And then it sounds like a few other maybe divergence in the path. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and yeah, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, you know, in my podcast, I talk about a very unconventional way into medicine, right? So a lot of people have kind of straight and narrow, right? They go straight into medicine. That's what they've always wanted to do. You know, that's true for me too. I've always wanted to be in medicine, but I've also had a ton of other interests, right? I, I tell people, you know, in they want you to be well-rounded until you get to medical school. And then they want you to only focus on that, right? Uh, so uh, I got into medical school, um, but, you know, I was still interested in other stuff. Uh, so, you know, for example, I used to do art shows, charity art shows for Doctors Without Borders because I, I wanted to keep giving back, right? And I wasn't able to afford anything because medical school was expensive. Uh, I wanted to do research, but I did wanted to do research in everything. I didn't want to just pick a specific uh, specialty to do research in, right? So finally, after I had graduated, did residency, medical school, I wasn't able to do that much because it was so difficult. Uh, after I finished, I, I realized that, you know, the only way I was making money, and it was, you know, it was decent money, but I had a lot of loans, was I would work an hour and I'd get an hour of pay, right? So I wasn't working at all. I wasn't getting any money. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that 
my life or at least my expenses were taken care of uh, without having to work, right? And, uh, you know, in the study and I invested in the stock market just like everyone else, but I wanted something that I can have control, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I came to real estate. You know, my parents had bought properties and uh, as you know, you know, real estate has created more millionaires than anything else. So um, I, I, 14 months or so out of residency when I was an uh, attending physician, I bought my first property and it was, you know, it was great. It was uh, in LA. I found a great property. I almost got a hundred thousand in equity right away because I, I bought well. I was like, okay, I don't do one of these a year, you know? And then the next mm -hmm. year I spent probably like 200 hours trying to find a property and I just couldn't find one. And I realized that, you know, uh, now I was spending my time on something and I was getting zero back. I should have just spent it at work. That's where I came to passive real estate. Right. Uh, and passive real estate, at least at the time, this was many years ago, there wasn't a great education source for it. You know, everything was kind of biased. And now I'm biased as well because now I have an equity company. But at the time, I did it. Right. Uh, and there weren't any books. Now there's a couple of books we can talk about. But um, I wanted to teach people how to vet, the, how to find deals, vet them, and uh, what to do following up. So mm -hmm. we created a course um, and we thought we were done. You know, we taught thousands of doctors how to invest in real estate. And we're like, okay, we taught you how to fish, go fish, right? Yeah. But a lot of people came up to us. They're like, yeah, you know, now we understand, but uh, we still want you to do it, you know? Or a lot of them got into bad deals and we're like, hey, this isn't that good of a deal. I thought um, we taught you guys uh, something else. They're like, yeah, you know, we don't really have the time. Uh, to do this because we're working full medical practices. Mm -hmm. So we started a sent equity group where it's almost like concierge bespoke experience where we take care of everything. We find the deals, we negotiate, uh, and we do joint ventures. And we'll talk, we can talk about that later, but mm -hmm. we really control the whole process and make sure that doctors, dentists, and really anyone that wants to invest with us, it's just those are the people we focus on are getting the best deal possible. Gotcha. And what kind of properties are you guys acquiring? Yeah. So we do bread and butter of commercial real estate. So we focus on multifamily, so apartment complexes, because no matter what happens in the economy, people need a place to live. And we focus on kind of value add class B, you know, um, which is often called the Goldilocks class. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And what markets are you focusing on? Yeah, so as I mentioned to you, I live in California. I'm used to paying state taxes, but our investors do not like that. So we focus on uh, low tax places, no tax. So we've done Florida, Texas, Arizona. Um, we we're looking at the Carolinas. So we really focus on trying to minimize that tax burden. Gotcha. So kind of sun, sun Belt states, then out, out west in Arizona. Yeah. Well, very cool. And how have you, <clears throat> so you started you know, with this idea that you need to invest in real estate, you kind of experience the same thing. All, all of us, real estate or all of us have at one point that are now in multifamily, I feel like is like the single family is not really scalable, right? It's, it, it's difficult. You realize how hard it is. Like you had, you got pretty lucky on that first one. And that second one, you realize how hard it is to actually find good deals and to do that at scale. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you realize by going into multifamily, you could get one deal with a bunch of, of doors instead of one deal with one door, right? And kind of evolved yeah. in that. And then and then through the training, it sounds like you found a network of people who, as they go through the training, maybe they realize how difficult this is or they try it themselves or, or they realize that their highest and best use is not 
to buy themselves another job, which is, you know, managing an apartment complex or something else. Right. And so you, you've provided this opportunity for folks to come and invest. So tell me more about, about the company. Tell me more about the company, how you've built it. You know, who, who are your partners or what does the sponsorship team look like? Yeah. And uh, Kent, my actually, my first property was a multifamily. It was a four unit, but oh, nice. Uh, yeah. You know, so I had done a ton of reading and everyone was like, buy four units because, um, you know, more than five is commercial. So you can get a residential loan. Mm-hmm. And I did everything right, but it was just, just a ton of work and it still is. Right. Yeah. Um, and what I, yeah, I have a property manager. They take care of everything. Honestly, I probably get a couple of phone calls a month. Right. Barely any. It's really high level decisions, but it's, it's cognitive bandwidth. Right. Um, I know you probably have. Um, you get that check, you know, once a month and you're like, okay, you're just praying that nothing went wrong, right? No one left the unit, that no, no, uh, nothing had to be fixed, right? And it's just is cognitive bandwidth and stress, mm-hmm. right? When someone mm-hmm. else is handling it, um, it's nice, right? Even if it's, I'm willing to pay a fee because the thought was, okay, now I have four units, think about 40, like that's going to just be, you know, and you really need to have probably around, 30 to 50, just really start making a dent um, mm-hmm. on your income, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're not taking into account equity and all that stuff. I'm just talking about cash flow. Yeah. Uh, and that's 40, 40 doors where one thing can go wrong, right? Uh, and so, yeah, it's a big issue. So, yeah, I said equity group. So, uh, we have uh, the principals are three doctors myself, Myth um, Jagropagasian. He's a hospitalist doctor like me. Um, and uh, Peter Kim, who created the brand called Passive Income MD, he's been doing this for many years, yeah. uh, and investing uh, as an LP, and we created this as a GP. Oh, fantastic. And are, are you guys still practicing doctors, or is everybody fully focused on building out the real estate business now? Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, the $1.1 billion of uh, real estate I did that while practicing full-time. Um, I still like practicing. My partners, they work a couple of shifts. They do mostly descent free time. Yeah. I've had to cut down to like 0.8. I'll probably do down to like 0.5 full-time soon. Uh, but I'm stopping by keeping it screaming, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you love it. Obviously, it's it's your passion. So um, I, where, where I want to go and kind of understand better is I mean, 1.1 billion is, is a lot of real estate and you guys are three partners. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like pretty, pretty focused, you know, but, but not necessarily full time. What, what is the rest of the team like? How did you go about building out the rest of the team to allow you to buy so much real estate and, and maintain that portfolio? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, our business model has kind of evolved over time, right? So initially we would uh, do like a fund of funds model and, you know, that kind of inflates the number of real estate and uh, number of uh, units you have, right? Uh, Because you're almost like an LP, but, you know, we're an LP uh, for a couple million in each deal. So we can kind of throw our weight around. Mm -hmm. But um, starting about the latter half of the year, we started doing what is called joint ventures, right? Hmm where we are 95 to 97.5% of the equity. Uh, so we almost act like an institution. Um, yeah. and 
that carries a lot of power, um, including major decision rights and uh, basically anything we want on the property. Yeah, doing. the ability to negotiate terms because yeah. you're, so you guys are coming in as the equity partner yeah. in, in these deals and partnering with operators who are, exactly. who are asset managing the properties. I got you. Now I understand. Exactly. Now I understand the business model. Yeah, and that, we're, so that's often called like an allocator model. And that's probably why you're, um, why we're able to scale so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys are really about creating a network of like-minded investors to come together, to be able to pool funds, to be able to then come into a deal with an operator. And because of your size, um, attempt to negotiate preferred terms, right? Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we built out our team. So we have uh, probably one of the best asset managers in the game that has been told to us by multiple sponsors. Uh, and so uh, we have our own investor relations and uh, project yeah. management. So we've built out a team that now we're able to kind of not just, because what happens a lot, Kent, with allocators is they get into a deal and they just, they're like, okay, time for a next deal, right? Because they make mm -hmm. most of their money on the front end. Um, but for us, we are we really have an alignment of interest. So we we get paid on the back end with the promote. Um, and that's important because you want whoever you're investing with to be with you in the whole deal. So mm -hmm. for example, and we do this because we're joint ventures, we do weekly calls with property management, you know, and some of the sponsors had to set up a system to do that because they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't talk to we're the, we're the operator, we don't talk to them every week. We're like, I don't care. Like we want weekly phone calls with the operator. We do mm -hmm. at least quarterly site visits. Some of our properties, we go every month or every two weeks in the beginning when they're um, kind of uh, doing the business plan. So we're very hands-on. We're, yeah. you know, we're almost like Goldman Sachs or like a Blackstone. We really want to make sure that this is successful for our investors. Gotcha. So yeah, you guys are providing that extra level of... Uh... I guess diligence and um, an oversight, you know, um, within, mm -hmm. within the property too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, sponsors aren't meeting with their property manager weekly. They definitely should be. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we meet weekly on all of our properties and it does yeah. become difficult as you begin to scale, but you just have to build out a team to, to allow that type of um, that process to, to maintain, because I think without that accountability, uh, you really get, you really don't know what you're getting. And I think that, that to me, uh, that gives me panic. <laughs> so I, we got to know what's going on. So the weekly meetings, I think are a great idea, uh, for you guys to stay on top of property management. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so the business has developed, um, uh, you're, you're partnering with these different groups, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the listeners to this show are, similar to you guys, kind of these, I mean, you're more passive or you're more active than most passive investors, but, but you're not um, buying and running the deals. Right. So I think a lot of what you have to say will resonate with the audience. What is it that you're looking for uh, when you look to, to partner with sponsors? I mean, what, is there a, like a framework you go through a list of criteria kind of walk us through how you pick the, the sponsors to work with? Yeah, and you got the key uh, question, right? Because if you're giving the keys to someone, right? You you technically are if you're giving them equity. Then who they are is probably one of the most important things in the deal, right? You, but LeBron on the team, it's gonna get to the playoffs, right? Doesn't matter 
what the team is, right? They might not win, but they're getting to the playoffs, right? Uh, same with Kobe. Uh, so uh, we look at, and, and that's the thing, it's, it's hard to, there's no, and we've tried to do this, we've tried to create an objective kind of equation yeah. to figure this out, but it you can't, right? It's the art. Uh, right. So what we do, uh, and it's evolved over time, you know, as we've grown and matured in the business as well. So what we do is, of course, we start with track record, right? How successful have they been? You know, for example, if you've done anything in the last five years, you probably have like a 30 to 40% IRR, right? Net. And that's that's anyone, right? I mean, you, you have to be really bad to not get that, uh, you know, or just a different business model, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... So we look at people, you know, we like to have at least 10 years of experience been through, you know, multiple cycles. We like to have at least 500 million uh, assets under management, right? And that's just a screening, right? And then we talk to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and now that we have our own in-house asset management, you know, we look through all their numbers, right? Show us your properties, show us how they're performing, right? And in a lot of these markets like Orlando and Texas, we have a we have a our own vendor network um, that we've developed over time. So you know we 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 do basically everything else other than operating. So yeah. because of that, we're able to uh, really double check right the assumptions because uh, a lot of people and you know if this is the business model, that's fine. A lot of people have just bought stuff and sat on it right, and then a couple of years later they sell it right with ten yeah. percent renovated. Um, which is okay, right? That's okay, but I think starting now, that's probably not going to be okay, right? With the inflation and all this stuff, I think you're going to really have to show a change in the NOI. You can't just kind of hope for um, a cap rate compression. So we, so that's the screening. We talk to them, right? Um, ideally, we visit them. Fortunately, a, a lot of uh, real estate people are in LA. A lot of the sponsors we've noticed uh, live in LA. So I go have lunch with them. There's just something about seeing someone eye to eye that uh, that beats you know any anything you can talk about. But at the end of the day, it's how they performed, right? It's a track record, reputation, and looking at their current deals. Gotcha. So, what is? I'm curious your asset management process. I know you said you're having weekly meetings uh, mm -hmm. with the property management. Mm -hmm. um, what are the things that you guys are looking at? you know, daily, weekly, monthly, uh, to make sure that these, these projects are going as expected? Yeah. So uh, big thing is occupancy, right? Um, and you, you can't really take that in isolation. So occupancy, number of units renovated, right? Um, rent increases, uh, concessions. Uh, basically, you want to look at the pro forma and see how we're going towards that. And, you know, the pro forma, it's yearly, right? So it how do we break that down? So if we want to get a, we want to get an average of two hundred dollars increase for these one bedrooms, right? How many units will have to be renovated at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And we do, uh, we have pretty conservative assumptions. Fortunately, all of our, all of our units have had natural organic growth. We bought something a couple months ago. It's had fourteen percent rent growth, but we don't want to yeah. count, right? Um, because who knows, maybe rent rents will decrease this year, uh, depending on everything that's going. So I think you have to really dial in 
and look at a lot of these numbers. Uh, and, you know, you don't want to look at too much because then you'll get a false sense of security, but um, occupancy, number of units renovated, uh, rent increases, those are probably the top three. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, great metrics to share. And do you guys have, um, as you're reporting out to investors, I mean, what, what does that process look like? How are you guys communicating with the investors? What are you sharing and how do you keep them in the loop on what's happening? Yeah. So we really like video. And so what we do is we do uh, quarterly video updates uh, and people are able to send us questions. Um, we also do, depending on the property, some properties, uh, we, they send us monthly distributions. So we send monthly reports, mm -hmm. but most of them are quarterly. So we'll send them um, quick quarterly video, you know, hey, here's what's going on on the property. Here's what we're working on. And I find people go uh, love it. Uh, you know, very few people go to it live, but uh, a ton of people watch it every day. Sure. Sure. No, I, th I think video is such an engaging format. And nowadays it's so easy to put a video together versus uh, even write an email. And so, I mean, I think that's a great way to engage with investors. As you're, um, so you said most of your investors are, are, are doctors, dentists, I mean, medical professionals, uh, mm -hmm. define them in that way. Um, why do you think that, that that group of people just gravitates uh gravitates toward toward real estate why why are there so many and and like what what is the importance for the medical professionals in the world to, to be investing in real estate yeah so a couple of things right um a lot of doctors are worried about tax implications right uh and making an investment that increases your taxes when you're probably in the top tax tax bracket doesn't make a ton of sense for us right so uh as you know di uh distributions the money that you get monthly or quarterly from passive real estate is tax deferred, right? So you uh, you uh, get depreciation. Uh, so you're getting, you know, a couple of years worth of, it's almost a loan, right? A loan from the government, tax-free. And then there's ways of deferring that even further. So some of our deals, we uh, are 1031 eligible. So that means we can even defer it longer and defer it longer and defer it longer, right? So uh, taxes are a big thing, you know? We us doctors think a little bit too much about taxes um, in general, but uh, taxes, uh, I think having something stable, right? Uh, especially now with all the volatility, right? Um, the stock market, the, you know, I was in the stock market, I was buying the dip and then I bought the dip again and then I ran out of money because it kept dipping. You know? <laughs> it keeps dipping. It's dipping again. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. I was like, okay, I shouldn't have bought the first couple of dips, right? Uh, and then crypto, I mean, my portfolio is down like 50%, right? Yeah. And so people like stability. They understand real estate, right? People need a place to live. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned class B, which is Goldilocks, right? Uh, when the recession comes, people move down from class A to class B. People also, especially now with the interest rates, people were planning on buying a house and are priced out. So they'll go back to apartments, right? Mm -hmm. But also when, also when the economy is doing well, people go from class C and they're able to upgrade, which is nice, right? So you yeah. kind of have a nice cushion and buffer each way. You know, economy is doing well, economy is doing poorly. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I agree with you there. I mean, that that's really mirrors our strategy, which is B and C space, kind of very middle of the road, workforce housing, value add deals, 
a lot of safety in those type of deals um, because we're buying things that are, I look at it as we're buying businesses that have been cash flowing for 30 or 40 years. Um, and, you know, what, what would have to happen for that business to go away? Right. Uh, you'd have to have a complete drop in demand, uh, which isn't going to happen. We're moving the other way. Right. You'd have to have some serious break in operations, which isn't going to happen because all these properties we're buying, we're, we know that we can come in and, and manage them better. So you think about the stability there. Um, you know, that's really core to our philosophy as well. So it sounds like we're aligned. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a lot of these doctors will say the same thing about active real estate, right? And they'll buy a couple and realize it's a 30 year marriage, right? Yeah. And they'll come to us and they'll be like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. It's like, yeah, you know, it's exciting to do active real estate. You know, I'll be honest, yeah. I was probably buying my first property. Yeah. And I, and then you get kind of sick of it that, you know, the shininess goes away and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get into the day to day and you realize yeah. the tenants uh, and toilets and termites are not so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, similarly, I, I speak with, with a lot of doctors um, in kind of a similar thing where, where maybe they want to go buy, you know, a duplex or they want to, to get into that. And, you know, oftentimes I, I try to bring, and it's not just for, for physicians, but, but people that entrepreneurs, others that are, that are being highly successful in some field, I, I'm typically trying to bring them back to look, we, we all have one highest and best use and, and we need to focus on what that is. And, and if you already have a successful business, focus on continuing to make that business successful, right? Focus on pursuing that passion. Don't buy yourself another full-time job, which is what you're doing when you're buying a duplex or a fourplex or, or something, you know, at that, at that scale, uh, you, you are buying yourself a job at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned my podcast earlier and it's called from MD to entrepreneur. And, you know, I help, you know, I've helped hundreds of doctors launch businesses. Mm -hmm. That's fun. But, you know, very few people go into real estate saying I'm starting a real estate business, but that's yeah. what you want, right? That's what you're doing. That's what, you know, I joke that I found an active way to do passive real estate, right? Um, yep. A lot of work. It, I, I'm sure you do a lot of work, right? Uh, but most people don't want to do a real estate business. That's that, that doesn't excite them, you know. Instead, maybe a coaching business, a writing business, starting your own patent, uh, you know, product business. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the world would be a much better place with a lot more doctor-led businesses right now. Uh, but you know, very few people say, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna own a hundred units and I'm gonna manage this real estate business." You know, most doctors aren't like that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if you have, um, you know, in the, in the conversations that you're having, are you, what's the general sentiment of, of investors? I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, right? There's a lot of negative news. I mean, where where are people at? And, and what is your message to folks as you're talking with, you know, maybe your investors or, or people that are interested in investing? Yeah, I think the I think a uh, common misconception that people are uh, having is that you are going against the stock market or crypto or all this stuff. But your what the choice people are picking is sitting on their butts, right? Not investing, sitting on the sidelines, not investing. Mm -hmm. So you've got to convince someone that you know you're actually losing buying power right now at nine percent, right? Because of inflation. Significant. Yeah. 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 And it's only going up. Right. And so how do you 
increased cash flow, but something that's stable, right? And I tell people, um, you know, if I can make you a 5% return, which, you know, quadruple that, but if I can make you a 5% return in this market, when the stock market is down 30%, that's huge, right? Yeah. Anything positive right now would be amazing. So that, um, and uh, I don't know what kind of debt you guys have been doing, but we've been doing fixed long-term debt. Um, we've been lucky. We just got a deal um, that we closed 2.9% fixed at nine years and four years of interest only. So we're you assuming the loan. We are assuming the loan. Assuming the loan. That's the only way you're going to get debt like that these days. Right. Yeah. That's and I tell deal. people, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, that loan is so good because it was created four years ago, right? It's literally right. a four-year-old loan. And so things like that. Um, and, you know, assuming a loan is not easy. You know, you're working with the government. Not easy. Get approved and paperwork takes forever. But if you're able to get something like that, and, you know, I tell people, um, you know, like your company, right now to do deals, you got to find something special, right? Like a unicorn. Otherwise, we're just sitting on the sidelines as well. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I think that uh, I, in general, I would not recommend fixed rate debt right now, unless you're assuming a loan at, at a 2.9% interest rate. That's a little bit different. If you're going to go into new fixed rate debt right now, you're going to be five and a half, six north. And, and I think you're actually going to be locking in uh, as we head up toward a peak over the next, you know, maybe 12 months. So uh, I think that's a, that's a great find. Uh, all those long-term fixed loans, um, are going to have tremendous value over the next 24 months. And so, so those are great. Those assumptions while a pain in the butt, I mean, we went through one last year, it took six months to get through the assumption. Um, you can get similarly great deals, uh, you know? And so I agree with you that there has to be something special. I mean, I think, I think the thing people really need to look out for is what's that debt service coverage look like, you know, and, and what is just the debt environment in, in general, if you can lock in at a low fixed rate, you take that interest rate risk off the table, which, which is a significant risk, I think over the next, let's say 24 months as things start to start to shake out. So um, yeah, I think that's a great opportunity to bring to your investors. That, that, that sounds like that there's a lot to appeal just in that deal from a debt standpoint, but I think people need to be paying more attention to debt. I think people, don't pay enough attention to debt. I think there's a lot of focus on on equity upside. Um, mm -hmm. I, there's not enough focus on potential downside. And when you think about debt being anywhere from you know maybe seventy to eighty percent of the capital stack, that's the largest investor in the deal, um, and, and that that and that sits above all all of the equity investors, right? If you can't pay the loan, you can't pay the equity. Um, and so I think I think a focus there in general is really important for folks uh, over the next, let's say 24 months. So, so yeah, I think, and I think it's a way, if you can find an assumption like that, you can find a really uh, interesting way to add value for folks. Yeah. This is actually our second assumption of the year. The first assumption uh, had a humongous prepayment penalty. So we mm -hmm. got a $4 million discount on the property. Mm -hmm. and uh, it, the prepayment penalty goes up if interest rates go up 1%. And we bought this in February. So mm -hmm. we're going to have, we have a huge $4 million buffer because interest rates have gone up so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Well, awesome. 
Well, Renee, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and sharing your story with us. I think really interesting. I think helping people understand the opportunities that are out there and facilitating those investments for, for folks like yourself in the medical community. Uh, before I let you go, I want to take you through our, our keys to success round. There's four questions I want to ask you. The first one is, if you were to invest in someone else's deal, and you can only ask them one question, what would that one question be? Yeah, uh, I, I would say track record. That's, you know, that's the first thing we ask people and uh, that screens out 98% of people. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you don't get a full track record uh, and that tells a lot as well, right? And kind of how quickly they get it back to you. And so just that process of getting their track record and asking them for it will tell you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can't, the data is what the data is. It shows, you know, shows how, how successful you've been, right? And 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 therefore you're expecting it to be successful in the future. So I think track record is a great place to start. What are you most proud of in your career? Yeah, um, you know, we've, we've been able to help so many doctors and really change lives by making the whole investing process more understandable. You know, when I graduated medical school, I didn't know anything about finance or investing. You know, I mean, we focus on real estate. We really talk to people about the whole investing career, right? And I, I say no to people all the time. People are like, oh yeah, you know, I want to buy a house in two years. You think this will exit? I'm like, yeah, no. And they're like three years. No, you should probably have much longer yeah. window with this money, right? Yeah. And I think just being able to provide that comfort and, uh, you know, because we taught that course, people know that, you know, we've been, we really come from a, uh, a avenue of education, really trying to educate our people. And, you know, our investors ask us some really hard questions because they've been through our course um, and we love it. You know, it, it makes us sharper. Yeah, absolutely. What's a book that everybody should read? Yeah, you know, so I was thinking about this and I get this passive real estate question uh, a lot. Uh, and so uh, the book I've been recommending is The Hands-Off Investor by uh, Brian Burke. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's really great basics for uh, learning how to do it. And, you know, a lot of people are able to uh, get into their own deals or they um, otherwise they come to uh, a shop like ours where we kind of do everything for them. You know, I, I think there's plenty of room in the market for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a great book. It's a good recommendation. What is your number one key to success? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's trying. You know, uh, I got my start in real estate by my partner uh, taking a chance on me. You know, he's like, uh, he has this brand called Passive Income MD. And he's like, I have a Facebook group um, that I haven't done much with. You want to help grow it. And I knew nothing about Facebook groups. I didn't know anything. I was like, yeah, you know, every day I'll post something. I'll try to be interesting, you know, help it grow. I had helped it 3X, right? Yeah. Um, but just by showing up, right? And I, I think showing up is really 80 to 90% of my success. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Consistency. I mean, I think that's a general theme throughout the show is consistency and and showing up. Um, you do that long enough. I, I agree with you. That That is a huge factor in success. Well, thank you, uh, Pranav. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. If folks want to learn more about how to invest with you guys, learn more about your training courses, where should they reach you? Yeah, so my email is pranay at ascentequitygroup.com. 
uh, our website, ascentequitygroup.com. You'll see a picture of my nice family right in the middle and the rest of us. Uh, and then uh, I have a podcast, Teach Doctors and Other People to Become Entrepreneurs, and that's From ND to Entrepreneur Podcast. Awesome. We'll make sure all those are listed below. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And Pranay, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.